the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good holy Sunday morning with God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Turn back to the Lord and do penance. Be renewed in heart and spirit my friends we pray together today in um, the psalms we pray with psalm 103 reminding us to bless the lord all you his works but the love of the lord is everlasting upon those who hold him in fear his justice reaches out to children's children when they keep his covenant and in truth when they keep his will in their mind the lord has set his sway in heaven, and his kingdom is ruling over all. Give thanks to the Lord, all his angels, mighty in power, fulfilling his word, who heed the voice of his word. Give thanks to the Lord, all his hosts, his servants who do his will. Give thanks to the Lord, all his works, in every place where he rules. My soul, give thanks to the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good Sunday morning, my friends. I have uh, um, a friend who has been with us on the show before, an international businessman, Andrew Heaton. Andrew, good Holy Sunday morning to you. Good Holy Sunday morning, Father. Well, you know, when I was planning uh, the new episodes for uh, the 9.30 a.m. for 4K and U.S., um, I noticed somehow, and I know I spoke to you many times, that uh, this year um, it seems that the world will be uh, challenged by global issues such as possible radiations, possible something similar to um, the nuclear um, Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, We saw you and me that Americans have to defend life. We saw that we have to focus on unity. We have to um, identify uh, that freedom and God cannot be separated from one another to identify with faith for family, uh, pro-life, and the future of peace on earth depends on the knowledge, information, and on the behavior and on the strategy of the American 
African people. Because um, I know I explained to you many times and we spoke about that there is a diabolical crisis of conscience in the world today. There is confusion and there is a global persecution for all innocent people, either those who are seeking freedom, seeking God and, um, and the wars. It seems now they are wars of annihilation between nations. It's not only a war that destroys a neighborhood or like one part of a town. The wars has, have, have now have, have taken a, a global sense in somehow. We've seen it with the pandemic. It's a form of war. We've seen it with destruction of family, destruction of principles, destruction of babies in the wombs, destruction of, of women health and in, in general destruction of uh, the, there is a war between gender there is a war um, uh, inside the, our religious institutions our civil economic institutions there is a worldwide crisis Andrew is that right absolutely and, and we see it anywhere everywhere and all around us even in our country you know, the willingness of our politicians to just print currency which weakens our dollar internationally and makes us vulnerable to our foreign enemies more and more is that inflation grows. It also at home here weakens us, weakens our ability to support our families. And it's, you know, it's as many philosophers and politicians have pointed out throughout history, um, depreciating and sorry, the uh, <laughs> printing the currency. I'm looking for the right word here. Um, you know, printing the currency to excess has been a common form of theft by governments and dictators and leaders throughout history. Wow. Um, Andrew, um, if you were to apply, uh, you taught me a lot when um, I know uh, I ask a lot of questions when you go for international business. Um, you've worked in Africa a lot. Did you ever work with um, Eastern Europe in, in any form of food, um, in any form of uh, um, type of work in what you do? Do you have any? So, yes, is the short answer. I have worked um, extensively with uh, uh Person has become a good friend of mine in Macedonia. He's he's actually their um, deputy uh, ambassador to NATO, uh, and he gets through airports very quickly with a pass like that, as you might imagine. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have to go through security like the rest of us. But we've been talking extensively about what's what's been happening over there, um, and unfortunately, the Ukrainian people have a a long history of being mistreated uh, by Russia going all the way back to the Holdemore, the, the famine in, in 32 and 33, when just to hurt them and starve them uh, and, and fight their internal patriotism, Stalin just literally took the, f the food out of the country and 13% of the population died. Wow. Um, you know, this is what I want us to know, because there are always two opinions in every matter, right? Um, uh, and some matters of history prove that um, Ukraine is an international type of uh, geopolitical place, obviously. Um, if there is fights between religions, it happens in Ukraine. If there is a fight between civilizations, it happened many times in Ukraine. If there is a fight between East and West, it's taken in Ukraine. Um, is it fair to call only one beast or there are two beasts always fighting in Ukraine? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, of course, many of these things are, are multifaceted, uh, but I think you have a, a combination of factors going on here. And I, I mean, I think Putin, who everybody has always counted on to generally be a, a stabilizing force in that region, even though he's a dictator, I think everybody's starting to see he might be a little bit more unhinged uh, than, than we'd counted on. Um, a lot of people had counted on him to always make the safe bet, to make the smart decision. This was not the smart or safe decision. <clears throat> this Correct. is going to really hurt their economy. Of course, there are tens of thousands of Ukrainians dying needlessly right now. 
um, in addition to his own young boys that he sent in to the region. And you can see the protests throughout his own country in, in Moscow and in other places. You know, his own country doesn't want this war. What, was, it, was, it easier, was it easier for him to admit that he has lost and that Ukraine, for whatever what reason is, has joined the West in, in whatever platform the West chose for Ukraine, or this is a choice he could not have made? What is the alternative for him? Like, um, you know, we, we always look for instance, I remember a few weeks ago, I was telling you the real problem with the COVID is that we have 24 million people now subjected to real famine when, when I saw you the last time. And, and now, you know, Ukraine is the capital of wheat, basically, for Eastern Europe right. and, and, and for Europe. So there is going to be more even famine, more even hunger um, um, coming, coming into the world. Uh, yet at the same time, you see that on the Russian side, they say that we do not want a weapons of mass destructions around. And they're speaking now about the Chernobyl and there is this possible escalation to major nuclear manifestation. The, the, the rhetorics are going bigger than Ukraine and Russia at this point. They're going global right the way. Well, and the effect of having, you know, that, that wheat production be compromised um, will be that the global price of it is a commodity escalates, which means even for families in places as far away as South America and in, in Asia and Africa will have to be paying pri higher prices for their own food. Um, so it's you're correct. He's absolutely affecting way more than just that region. So and, go ahead, go ahead. So, and your, you know, to your your second question is, you know, what what would his move have been? I mean, the move that was him, uh, it was the good move for him was to go into one or two, like he did with Crimea, of those eastern provinces, and continue to just sit there and posture. Um, and the price of oil, I mean, like part of Ronald Reagan's strategy in breaking the Soviet Union was to drive the price of a barrel of oil down by having the Saudis and other groups overproduce. The price of a barrel of oil has gone through the roof, as everybody knows who's going to the pump here lately. And, you know, for every for every dollar that's up, they're making billions more. So the smart move for him would have been to sit there. The other thing that's going on is he's slowly getting his tanks and his other forces eaten up. Um, is the Ukrainian insurgents are proving to be a far more effective fighting force than he thought they were. Correct. I, I did see, and that's what I'm trying to tell, you know, last Sunday, uh, you know, Lara and uh, Logan interprets a lot into the actual historical fact of, of political in, in, intrigues, basically. And she's saying that, you know, yeah, Putin is doing all these evil, but he's being pushed by another evil. And that's what I meant to ask you, actually. Is the okay. fight today, is the fight today, between two world views over how freedom could be lived or it is over economy and a new oppressive regime that wants to take over the human resources in one way and not share it with the other way? I actually think it's a bit of both. Um, and, I mean, obviously there's greed and, and, and selfishness and wanting something that somebody else's <laughs> – it's a deep rot in human nature uh, from, you know, the beginning of time. Like, even as it says in the Bible, the love of money is, is the root of all mm -hmm. evil. It's not money, but it's the love of it. It's it's people placing value on something other than each other and in the good in the world that we all want to see happening that, that makes the world evil. Um, I think we've spoken about this before personally. But it's very interesting that, that you know, if you, you take the word evil and you flip it around, you get the word live. live. And so in a very real sense, evil is oppressing the ability of people to live. 
or outright killing them. Um, now, the good news for, I think, Europe and the rest of the world is that there's a good chance Putin is going to lose a healthy chunk of his fighting force here. And they don't have the money, especially when the price of a barrel of oil returns to normal, to replace it for several decades. So he is, in a, in a sense, he went in there to demilitarize Ukraine, as he put it, but he's demilitarizing himself at the same time uh-huh. because he can't afford to replace the equipment that's going to get destroyed in any speedy manner. That's actually a very tangible, I would say, um, observation that you just made. So um, this arm in Ukraine is basically affecting the armed powers of Russia. So will he run forward? Because I'm listening to the European media. I'm listening to the Arabic media. Um, that, is this the way they're pushing him? And will that mean that he's going to run forward and escalate towards Armageddon? That's the fear that I keep, I, I keep honestly asking about because at the end, we want to make peace. We want to make sure people don't suffer a bigger tragedy while we're calculating these political, it's like uh, playing a chess. But this time the chess is at the expense of the global peace of the entire humanity, right. of all nations in the world. Is it just fair to stop there or what can we do to avoid it? So he's not pushed to do something like that. And then the errors of communism will actually spread around all nations and really nations will be annihilated. Do you see the fear in this? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, we're already taking, uh, you know, is is NATO perhaps not fast enough and they weren't wise enough to do it sooner. Um, But we're already taking steps, uh, moving thousands of troops into appropriate positions to resist his aggression should he attempt anything else. And he appears to have his hands full with Ukraine at the moment. Um, You know, there's this this guy they're calling the ghost uh, who shot down six of their aircraft uh, in 30 hours. And there's this thing called ace in a day, which is where you shoot five or more aircraft down in a 24 hour period. Uh, and to the, the best of my knowledge, other than um, one gentleman during, I think it was the Indo-Pakistani War, uh, since World War II, nobody's done this. So he's getting stiff resistance on all fronts, and this is costing him. So I think this will reduce his ability to be a threat to the rest of Europe, uh, perhaps at least semi-permanently, for the next decade or two, with, of course, the incredibly large exception of nuclear weapons. Um and that's their real danger and their real threat is they have these things that a few of which could end the entire world as we know it. Wow. Um, then if, if this is the case, Andrew, um, it seems like you're, you're saying there could be a time where there is a world without a Russian power, basically what you're saying. You see that there is a control that he's going to end up being weak and this basically will take him out. Is it that easy? Um, how about the I don't nuclear? Know that it's, I don't know that it's that easy. He will always have his <laughs> nuclear weapons. Um, I don't know that you could say it's that easy, but depending on how much is destroyed here, and we don't know because there's quite a bit of we we don't know. There's a, you know media blackouts in certain areas, and you never really know what's going on in a war zone in most cases until after it passes. But it looks like a lot of his forces are being eaten away every day. I mean, these uh, Molotov cocktails they're making that are you know in in basically five liter or similar to a gallon sized bottles that take enormous effort to chuck you know to, to chuck and throw at these tanks. Um, apparently are taking out or are proving to be much more effective than the Russians thought they would be. And if they get into the intakes and the engines, they destroy the tank. So he's he's apparently losing lots of armor um, as he moves. And the, this 
this could have all been prevented. That's one of the things, you know, my, myself personally, why I'm so concerned with foreign policy, as there was probably about 20 different points over the last decade or two where we, we could have headed this off. Uh, you know, even even short of before he went in here, and of course the question is, would he have anyway now that he already did it? But he was saying up until you know a, a day or two before he entered that if Ukraine would agree not to be part of NATO, he wouldn't invade. Now who knows if that's true or he was just saying that? Uh, but Putin has a fairly good record of of doing what he says compared to your normal dictator. Now I know that's not a great group of people. Um, but there is a high likelihood that even a few days before we could have headed this off if we could have uh, told them to you know, wait or at least open talks on it. But, but we were stubborn, and, and now people are dying because all these leaders had, had pride. And as it says, pride cometh before a fall. Um, unfortunately, it's the Ukrainians and the poor around the, glo- the globe that are going to see rising fuel and food prices uh, that are taking a big part of that fall. Um, the other thing we needed to do immediately here in the last few months was give them lethal aid. And for some reason, the current administration decided not to do that. It, it just doesn't make sense. You know, now they're willing to do it. Even Sweden and Finland announced here uh, in the last couple of days that they're willing to give lethal aid to Ukraine. And they're neutral countries that are, that are not NATO members. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, one of the last questions I want to ask you in this regard, also uh, to educate the people. What is the gift did you see the U.S. has offered truthfully to Ukraine for their dream of a freedom? What did we offer them? I mean, we've all heard a few weeks back um, uh, the, the, the speech of the president uh, uh, to the United States, speech of the Union, and the address basically to the nation. And we saw he's, he's, taken, he, he's taken basically the lead and saying, you know, we have caused that all the nations stood against atrocities, stood against um, basically the, the, the enemy of the people, the enemy who did not want the people to dream over freedom. Did, did we give Ukraine this opportunity? And is it secure to be a free nation, to finally um, join the U.S., join the West, join Europe and uh, uh, become a free nation without any uh, limitations from from Russia? So one of the worst things that I think we did as NATO and the West regarding Ukraine um, was to tell them that to give them a chance of joining NATO, they needed to give up their nuclear arsenal. If they still had their nuclear arsenal the Russians wouldn't be risking this. And they gave it up for a chance to become part of NATO, and then we never allowed them to join. Now, there's all, all sorts of reasons we didn't allow them to join, which, which, are, which are valid reasons. But to take their best weapon in exchange for a chance to join us in NATO and then not to get them through that process, this was, this was a great crime, you know, we, we committed against them. And, and, and that was my question to you 20 minutes ago, what Lara Logan was saying. It takes two beasts to fight on the land of Ukraine. One beast is not fighting against against itself and somehow. And I think we, right. we, we came to this. Um, why are we doing this? Why, why are we fighting in Ukraine? And um, let's say um, Russia's gone out of the way. There is no more the bear, basically. Um, what do we accomplish? as a nation or as a greater power does this does this mark the end of uh, the nuclear tensions 
between United States and Russia being in tension over nuclear weapons? Does this mean we're taken over? Does this mean um, we become the new super, super, super power now united with the European Union? And who's going to be the next power that would replace Russia in, in, terms, in terms that are easy for the listeners, if you do not mind? Well, I think, unfortunately, most of us are thinking of the answer to that right now. And unfortunately, the rising power is, is China. And as bad as Putin is, um, and has killed people here and there uh, who have been ex-spies and other things who've left his country in spectacular Bond villain fashion, uh, nobody kills people like Xi Jinping in China. Um, and yet, because we have business with them, and there are many American companies making money with them, we have chosen not to address this. They're the rising darkness right now in the world. When your two primary allies are North Korea and Iran, you should probably start looking at yourself yeah. and realize there's something wrong. I mean, what they're what they're doing, you know, wiping out, trying to wipe out the the Uyghurs culturally, is is incredible. And and on a and on a scale, uh, I mean, just it's it's unthinkable. Uh, just a quick Google search of any of that, and people will find more reprehensible material then they'll probably need for the rest of the year. Uh, it's just unspeakable what they're doing and what they're willing to do, taking kids from their parents so that they can indoctrinate them in communism. Um, you know, they are the hardliners now. And ironically, hopefully someday here soon, we can heal our relationship with Russia. Maybe when we get a new leader or they become, you know, a, a, a democratic or a you know, republic of some form, we can heal our relationship with them because China's looking at all that land in Siberia is something they can do a lot with, with their overpopulated cities, moving people out and developing resources. China and Russia have a history of constantly fighting with each other throughout the Cold War. And that's why Nixon went over there to make allies of them. Uh, it's because they weren't getting along with Russia. But now the world needs to protect itself from China. It's the rising darkness. And if they take Taiwan and take over the world's, you know, chip manufacturing, we're in, you know, we think we have economic troubles now. We haven't seen anything yet. Everything in our world now revolves around chips and the ability to stay connected with, with other devices. Wow, Andrew, you, you, you well explained it honestly. And um, what is your message to the people of Ukraine? You, you have a minute. And to the people of the U.S., what is really your message of peace? I love what you just said. Listen, we have um, to heal. We have to heal our relationship with Russia um, one way or the other because the real darkness is rising even further east with uh, already real atrocities being happening that nobody is speaking about and you're willing to highlight and you highlighted. You want them to be part of the foreign policy, it seems. In one minute... What is your message of hope? What, what should our attitude be now at this point as Americans? Uh, you know, there's, there's kind of three things there. I, I think on the message of hope for Ukrainians is obviously, you know, keep fighting the good fight. Thank goodness Zelensky didn't flee and he stayed there uh, to back his people up. Um, I don't know if that'll still be true here in, in three weeks when this airs, but Thank goodness he didn't flee and, and he stuck it out because his, his people are backing him up and they're fighting. And keep up the good fight. Keep doing the things that you're doing, like these, these you know, videos we see 
This is incredible propaganda for the good. When you see videos of people confronting the young Russian soldiers directly, uh-huh. saying, why are you doing this? These are people that, you know, 70-something percent of Ukraine also speaks Russian. So most people have the ability to communicate directly and easily with them, to confront them with what they're doing, have the civilians come up. Like there's a great video with a grandma with flowers confronting one of the Russians. And, you know, keep this up. Keep this up. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. You know, keep keep up on these young men who know that they're there and they're probably not there for a good reason. Break their will and resolve to serve a dictator and die in his name with, with no reward to themselves. Um, on the China issue, I, I think, ironically, the thing that's, that might possibly save us all in China is the rise of Christianity. Oh, thank you. That was really well said. And let us pray for this rise of Christianity that gives culture of peace, of healing, forgiveness, pardon, love of God, the neighbor, and even love of the enemy, so we can have redemption for all of humankind. Bless the Lord, all you his works. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.